1: Would you say a number of your wholesalers that you have established a a working relationship with, you met at a local real estate investing uh, group or association?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I would say, if I'm honest, I've had some connections come through that, but also just being out there and interacting with different realtors and other real estate investors on an individual basis. And then they'll say, hey, I've used this you know, wholesaler in the past, or hey, you should reach out to this person. I think they've got a couple properties right now. And those connections on a one-on-one basis have turned into lots of other things. But yes, those meetups and groups, I've attended a couple of those and they've gotten me not just opportunities at properties, but I've learned a ton from those connections and seen other ways of doing things.
1: Yeah. So back to your strategy. You establish relationships with wholesalers. Let them know that you are in the business. You're a real active investor. They locate the off-market for sale by owners, private deals. They tie them up. Now they offer them to you. They know you're looking for free and clear properties. And the reason that's one niche that you're looking for is because you don't have to worry about the funding. If the seller is willing to sell to you, with seller financing, which means the seller will transfer the title or deed into your name or your entity's name, they'll take a note back, and now you're going to pay them. You're going to put, in other words, they become the bank and tote the note for the property that they're selling to you. So these wholesalers that you're doing business with have they already pre-qualified the seller and know that they are possibly interested in selling with seller financing, and then you negotiate it, or what does that look like? you know,
2: I wish there was like a cut and dry. This is how it always works. But the honest truth is every situation is different. And anytime that I can put my hands on the deal, I feel like I love being involved. Now, there are some wholesalers that don't want you to be involved. There are realtors that don't want you to be involved. But I work hard to try and be involved because I feel like I'm good at dealing with people. I'm good at negotiating. And If I can be involved, the odds of me getting the terms in the situation that I want, obviously are better.
1: So let's say you got one of your wholesalers now presents a deal to you for you to consider. Let's say you're, you negotiate with the seller, you're involved in the deal. What would you say a good example of what one of your deals looks like as far as terms go of, you know, the seller of the property? Putting the note and financing it for you. Interest rate, how much down? Term? Is it amortized for thirty years? Is there a three-year due on sale? I mean, you know, uh, you know, three-year. I mean, what is it?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I'll give you a comparison because I have a bigger property um, than my eightplex, and both of them. One of them I got through the seller financing. The eightplex I ended up purchasing through a realtor and with a bank. Now, with the eight plex, I was set up to where it's a 20-year term, but the rate changes every five years, and my original rate was right around 5%. And so with that, I don't like that loan as much, but it was an awesome deal on the property, and I wanted to lock it down, so I went with it. But you've got a balloon payment at 15 years. You've got the rate changing every five years. There's a lot of uncertainty when you're doing a buy and hold, and I don't like that. Now, on the other side, um, my, my biggest deal that I've ever done was actually on a 24 um, door property, 24 plex. It's actually a 24 plex. Yeah. So it's, it's actually six individual four plexes. But with that one, I was able to find someone who had paid it. They were free and clear on it. And I was able to negotiate a really low down payment on top of a locked 5% for a full 20 year term. So there's no uncertainty. I know exactly what my rate is. I know what my term is. My monthly payments aren't changing almost at all other than, you know, little influxes and maybe tax and insurance. And so I know right where I'm at and I knew what I could do with the rents. And so that was much more comfortable. And that deal to me is perfect when it comes to the financing side of things.
1: Gotcha. So are all of your deals coming to you through wholesalers or do you have other methods that you find deals?
2: Honestly, I have multiple different ways. I mean, I'm always looking on Craigslist as a hobby. I've got wholesalers that are looking and I do have realtors that are looking. And so I think a lot of people are turned off to wholesalers or turned off to realtors but for me if I can find something that meets my number requirements then I'm good regardless of where that deal is coming from.
1: Absolutely I mean you know my realtors that I do business with are very, very important to me the relationships very very important. I do business primarily with two but you know like you know here in my area I mean my total target market only like 40,000 people. How about you? Uh,
2: I think we're right at like 70,000 people with a false answer yeah, yeah. And
1: so you know you know some real estate investors, some realtors think they have adversarial relationships. And nothing could be further from the truth when it comes to opportunity. I mean, the realtors in my area, I've been doing the business now for 15 years here in our area, and the realtors around here know that I am more than glad and and grateful to work with them. They bring me a deal. Of course, they're they're going to get paid by somebody somehow. And so, yeah, all that is very, very important. So I know that my audience has got one big question, and that is, how in the world do you have all this, you know, how in the world can you have 64 doors, and it's all automated, totally passively, and, you know, you haven't
2: touched it or talked to anybody about it in like the,
1: the last two months? How in the world does that
2: happen? A great question. Um, honestly, I pride myself in interviewing college kids. I mean, that's what I do for my main job. And so when I started investing, I didn't last very long managing my own property because I realized really quick why well, I've got this active income that's paying me X. And I just went and did all this work on this property and dealt with the tenant and everything else for eight bucks an hour. It just didn't quite make sense to me. And so I started looking around at different management companies and I was actually looking at a property with a mentor of mine that was a 40 unit apartment complex. And I found this college kid that was managing it. And he was incredible. He did an awesome job showing us the property, telling us how he had managed it, what he was doing. He didn't own the property, he had just been picked up to manage it. And I said, man, I really like this kid. So I brought him in for an interview. I asked him what all he could do. And ever since then, he has been the perfect fit for me. So just, oh, heck, it's been a little over a year now that I took him on full time. I've helped him build his management company with a couple of my other friends and investors. they also manage some of theirs, but all of my units he does full time. And he understands my business. And so a lot of the things that other management companies might bug you on or you know ask this that or the other thing I think we've gotten a relationship now where he knows exactly what I need what I want and I get my check every month and he's usually always able to find a way to keep my expenses even lower than I had expected so it's a perfect relationship
1: I love it. so you know the buy and hold business is different from the fix and flip business when it comes to analyzing a deal and so keep it, keep, keep it nice and simple for us don't, don't go too deep on us <laughs> but, but can you go ahead and give, give, um, give my audience an overview as to what is your process of analyzing a deal And what looks like a good deal? And how do you do that? And how do you make that decision? And what does the math or the formula look like?
2: It's a great question. I think the simplest way to explain it is I'm looking at my down payment on a property. So, um, and this is called a cash on cash return. That's the number that's important to me. But say that I put 25% down. So on a $100,000 property, that's $25,000. I need to be getting at least a 15% return of net that I'm taking home after all of my expenses, after my mortgage, after taxes, insurance, everything. I want a 15% return on that down payment. All
1: right. So let's stop right there. So let's say you're, you got, did you say, so it's a hundred thousand thousand dollar property. Are, you, are we assuming you don't have to fix the property up? I mean, it's ready to go, or do you need to uh, enhance it?
2: So I didn't want to dive too deep on you, <laughs> but I look at properties and I find multiple ways that I can get it to a 15%. Now that could be me going in and spending money on it. And any money that I spend would go into that down payment. So I would have to analyze it that way. If I'm honest though, most of the properties I pick up I'm finding older gentlemen that are wanting to retire that are more than happy with selling their property for hundreds of thousands more than they bought it, but a lot of them haven't raised their rents in years. So I'll look at the property and say, okay, I know this area extremely well. I know that this unit that he's renting for $550 a month could be renting for $700 a month. Now it might take me six months to a year to get that tenant out or to raise the rents, or to put in a new tenant. But that's my favorite way to find deals because I know the market, I know what I can rent for. So if I can find a unit that's already really clean, that's been taken great care of for years, and I know I can bump the rents within six months, then I'll look at just that without doing anything to the property. And those are my favorite ones to find.
1: Yeah, we know what most real estate investors don't understand unless they have gotten into the commercial side and been in it for a little bit. I mean, you can raise the rent, Let's say, you got, let's, say you got, let's say you got 64 doors. What would you say the average rent is on all those doors? And I know it varies.
2: Um, I would say we're probably right around $700. So
1: 700 bucks. So, you know, you, you if you didn't have them maximized, if you just raise those rents, amazingly $50 bucks a month on those 64 doors, putting aside what that does for cash flow, look what that's done to the cap rate or the value of those properties just by raising the rent 50
2: bucks. I mean, the, the value of that portfolio just skyrocketed with a 50 or $100 a month raise. It's so true, and you would be shocked at how many properties you can find that are renting in the five to 600 range that you literally can up the rents 150, 200 dollars. and that's taking you to where really their properties on my YouTube channel, I've gone through a, a couple of them, but their properties, I'm getting a 30 percent plus return on my down payment on properties solely because I've been able to raise the rent so much.
1: Gotcha. So let's take a moment and go back to your analysis of a deal. You, you said that your primary criteria in determining if you, this is a deal or not is cash on cash, which means if I'm putting $25,000 dollars down, you want to get a and that includes you know fix up or whatever. Your total out of pocket into the deal is twenty five thousand. You want to get a minimum return per year of fifteen percent of that twenty five thousand, right? And when you say return, you're talking about net, right? So yeah. that twenty five thousand you put out, so ten percent is twenty five hundred. Half of that's twelve. So whatever that is, thirty seven fifty or whatever it is, is what you want to get back
2: as a return on your. If you want a fifty percent return on the investment of that twenty five thousand dollar example, right? Exactly. And one thing, just to make sure I hit on, a lot of times when people run the numbers on that they're including principal pay down or they're including appreciation on the property or all of those. Those are just happy benefits. This is straight the cash I'm receiving from rents after paying the mortgage, including that principal pay down that I'm paying off. That's not being counted towards that return. So when you look at the real return, you could potentially have 10 years down the road. You are getting substantially more because of the money you're putting in the principal pay down and the appreciation you should be getting on the property.
1: Gotcha. That makes sense. So here's the $25,000 question. Okay. Yep. The $25,000 question is I'm a new real estate investor. I want to do what Chandler's doing but I don't have the $25,000. What do
2: I do now? I love it. And I think there are so many creative ways. First of all, we talked about how I find people that will finance. Instead of using a bank, they'll finance. You still can find deals, with they substantially lower down payments on deals like that. The other thing I would tell people is people in my situation, I mean, I just turned 28 years old, but I have a lot of these college students saying, Chandler, we've got 5,000, we've got 10,000. What can we do with that? I love all of the loans that you can get through banks if you're living in it. So if you were to pick up a duplex or a fourplex and live in one of the units, you can get as low of a down payment. I mean, I've seen people get it for half a percent if they're using the right loan package through their lender. And so there are ways to get into properties for extremely low down payments if you're willing to live in the property. And there are lots of other creative ways to be able to find or borrow money through banks or people or different situations.
1: So I think the answer to the question was, if I don't have the $25,000 to put down, then there's individuals and private money out there, right? Definitely. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, what I teach my students and followers is when I'm buying a property and let's say it's going to be a flip or whatever, we get a hundred percent of our purchase. And if we're going to rehab it, we get a hundred percent of that. So, you know, when we buy a property, we don't take any money to the closing table. We get a check when we buy a property, you know? So I'm glad to hear that. So let's say that I'm a brand new real estate investor, never done a deal. I want to do
2: what Chandler does. What do I do first? How do I get started? You know, I think one of the most important things is building a good team of people that can help you. I think what's really unique about what we do in real estate investing is you have loan officers, you have realtors, you have wholesalers, you have all of these people that you don't have to pay a dime to have them invested in helping you learn the process and helping you go through properties, learning rents for the area, because all of those things are things that you can learn and start to accumulate a group of people that you can count on to help get you into the market and understanding things. And then from there, once you've built a team, I think it's also extremely important to know the lowest number that you'll buy for. I think people go and fall in love with a property because of the look of it or, oh, there are quality tenants here, X, Y, and Z, where you've got to have your bottom line number where you know 100%, regardless of what happens in the market or anything else, you're still going to be able to cash flow and make those monthly payments on whatever kind of leverage you're using.
1: Yeah, so uh, build a team, I agree, is very important. You know, getting your network together, So one thing I heard you mention a few minutes ago is you had a mentor. How important was that to your success?
2: I think it is huge. I mean, because for me, I wasn't surrounded by people in my family that invested in real estate. And I think everyone's so intimidated and scared and worried, and they hear all these negative things where if you meet with someone who's done this for a long time, that's seen the ups, seen seen the downs, that can help you get the confidence to know, hey, this is a smart investment, and I have been able to mitigate a ton of my risk because I'm being educated by someone who's done this for a long time. I think just the confidence you'll get from that on top of all the information is so important.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, and I still have mentors today. I mean, I've been in the business 15 years. I had a mini mastermind meeting today at lunch that lasted about an hour and a half. And, uh, it was another real estate investor and we traded strategies. We traded resources. We traded resources on how we're finding deals and et cetera. And so, you know, same. I mean, cause you know, what worked two years ago or a year ago may not be working today. I mean, you know, things, things change. So I couldn't agree with you more. So Chandler, when I ask you this question, just tell me the first thing that comes to mind and that is what's a mistake that you've made since you started in real estate investing that you could share with the audience to learn from your mistake and to learn from perhaps a costly mistake or a loss of money or loss of time or et cetera
2: you know, you said pick the first thing, but I think there were like five or 10 different things that that hit me. But I think first of all, um, maybe I'll just list a couple if that's all right. I have taken on renovations without really understanding how to renovate. And now I do, but I had to go through that learning process. I think understanding the numbers and the expenses and that side of things when you're trying something new with a renovation is extremely important. I also think that managing my property on my own when it came to selecting tenants I made some big mistakes there early on where I did have to deal with some evictions because I didn't find people with good work history and good credit scores. Um, and so I think those are, are probably two of the bigger ones that come to mind. I also think that early on I didn't use leverage the way that I should have. And that didn't really bite me, but it definitely limited my ability to grow and to get a higher rate of return where if you really understand leverage, I think that can be a huge advantage to getting started.
1: So give, give our audience a specific example. What do you mean about you didn't understand how to use leverage and what didn't you do and what do you do now that what does that mean using leverage?
2: Yeah, so just for example, um, that condo I talked about, that first property, I bought it in cash. And so I put $70,000 into a buy and hold investment, and I think it was getting like a 5% return. Um, where had I leveraged that property, it would have at least doubled the return I had on my actual money in it. In other words, I- if
1: you had borrowed other money at a low rate versus using your own money, right?
2: Exactly, yeah, because if I would have just you know put 20% down on that property... I still would have been able to buy another two or three properties just like it. And my return on all of those properties would be doubled. My appreciation would be multiplied by each property. My principal pay down would be in each property. And you look at the returns and you're getting more than double the return by doing it that way instead of finding cash.
1: Exactly. That's awesome. Well, Chandler, my lands, we are out of time. In fact, we're over (laughs) time. So anyway, wow, what a wonderful guest that you are to have here on the show. So if people want to connect with you or continue the conversation or you know, how can people
2: connect with you? Or I think you may have something that you want to give folks. Yeah, definitely. So you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on my website. And all of them are Chandler David Smith. So Chandler David Smith on Instagram and Facebook. And my website is just ChandlerDavidSmith.com. And if you go to the website, I've actually got 15 YouTube videos on there that show my whole process, how I analyze the market, how I do rents, how I do all of that. And I give you a free Excel spreadsheet so that you can run the numbers the same way that I run them in the video. So I really want to give people everything that they need, to get started and really learn how to start buying properties for buying hold investing
1: that is fantastic thank you so much for offering the uh, information there Chandler and uh, have you heard of the book go-giver I have and I love it well I can tell you why you love it because you truly are a go-giver you've got the spirit you've got the heart you got a servant's heart I know exactly why you've been so successful because you've got the outlook and the attitude of gratitude and it's all about serving and uh, one thing I don't think we said in your introduction is the uh, status that you achieved in this sales organization. Tell everybody the, the status and the, and the record, record that you broke.
2: Yeah, so my, uh, my first summer actually broke the rookie record for the company with selling 459 accounts. Um, and in just the seven years I've worked here, just this last year alone, in that four-month summer, my sales reps did over $11 million in revenue. And so we're pretty excited about, about that. <laughs>
1: well, look now, when are you going to publish your book on uh,
2: for sales and persuasion? <laughs> you know, it's something that I have wanted to do for a long time. And so you have to keep a, a watch for it. I don't know if it'll be in a year or in 10 years, but hopefully I'll make it happen.
1: All right but look when you want to learn how to get your your book written in one weekend and published in one week reach back out to me
2: all <laughs> right we'll do all right,
1: Chandler, Chandler Smith, everybody right up here on the screen. Y'all check out www.chandlerdavidsmith.com. Wow, what a guest uh, we've had here on the show. Everybody, thank you for showing up and being here on Real Estate Investing with Jay Conner. And again, get on over and uh, get to the live event coming up, Real Estate Investing Cashflow Conference at com forward slash money podcast. I'm Jay Conner, the Private Money Authority, wishing you all the best in your real estate investing career. And here's to taking your business to the next level. Bye for now.